Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Number 14, and I'm going to start at verse number 6 in your hearing this morning. It's nothing new, it's, it's old and it's new, amen, but let's pray that a fresh word comes out of it this morning. The children of Judah came into Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenesite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me, and thee in Kadesh Barnania. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnania to espy out the land. And I brought word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly, everybody said holy, followed the Lord my God. And Moses swear on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thy inheritance, and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake his word unto Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. And as yet, I am as strong this day as I was in that day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now. For war, both to go out and to come in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain, whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there and the, that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord has said. Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that your spirit would move in this place. I pray, God, that your anointing, Lord, would touch this sanctuary this morning. I pray, God, that you would anoint these lips of clay to speak forth your word with anointing, with fervor, Lord, with love, with diligence, God, that hearts and lives would be touched, God, not because of me, but because of the word of God. Let it be done even this day, I pray. In that holy name, hallelujah, we'll never forget to praise you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I want to focus on the right thing. You may be seated. That's what I want to preach on, focusing on the right thing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me start by... When I focus on myself, man, hallelujah. Let me just, not, you know, no, I'm just, I, I, I got something back here. I just happened to think of it a while ago, and I thought I'll just bring it up here in a second. Not, I, I don't need this right now, y'all. Understand that. I'm not, but I'm going to set it up here anyway. Just, hallelujah. When I focus on myself, all I see is weakness. Diabetes, heart problems, hypertension, shots, pills, low blood sugar, high blood sugar, a bag that I carry around, full of needs I could need at any time. I see beta blockers for cardiovascular conditions such as hypertension, congestive heart failure, heart rhythm, 
And they reduced the force and the rate of the heartbeat. And they decreased the muscular tone in the blood vessels. They're often prescribed for individuals with phobias to reduce performance anxiety in professional speakers, etc., etc. Beta blockers have all kinds of side effects, one of which mask low blood sugar sometimes, and I don't even recognize that I'm low. Somebody say weakness. That's what I see when I look at myself. Hallelujah. Here is what the people saw when they looked into the promised land. The first time what they seen was almost what I described. Yet let me put it in scripture form. In Numbers 13, 33, it said, and there we saw giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight. Everybody said in my own sight. As grasshoppers. And so were we in their sight. In other words, I see myself as a grasshopper. And I really believe that's the way they see me. Come on. I don't want you to build on false hopes, but I'm telling you, if we don't build ourselves up this morning and realize that we got a God that's bigger than the giants in the land, we'll be sitting here 20 years later not growing any bigger than we are now. Oh, I'm about to feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But Caleb and Joshua saw things differently than the other spies. Numbers 14, 24 said, but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit, somebody say another spirit, with him and have followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereunto he went and his seed shall possess it. Glory. Hallelujah. Caleb looked at it as this is an opportunity. The Lord said, I want to send you all up and I want you to look out. Uh, I want you to look at the promised land. And, and I, could, I should have brought my grapes maybe. I don't know. But, uh, you know, they brought back the grapes, you know. And, and, uh, and uh, they, they had to carry them between just one cluster. Had to carry them between two men. I'm going to tell you, here we are 40 and 5 years later. And I'm going to tell you, when old Caleb was talking, I believe he was already visualizing brother Terry what he had seen in this blessed promised land that the Lord had promised come on church I'm telling you without a vision we'll perish but I believe this morning that the Lord wants his church to get his eyes on him come on we must get a vision of not where we're at but where we're headed and what God is going to do in our midst Hallelujah. He wants to do something in our midst. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, focusing on the Lord makes you think differently. You start seeing things differently. Can I tell you that when you start focusing on the Lord, it's not yourself thinking, but it's Christ thinking in you. I need the mind of Christ to carry my mind away into heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. When I start looking past the weakness of what I can't do, I start seeing all the things that I can do through him. Philippians 4, 3, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. In other words, there's no bounds when you get in God. If I could just drill that in our mind this morning, that we've got this little thing in our mind that says, well, bless God, there's no no need of, 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 you know, there's no need of just inviting those people. They won't come. You know, hey. Yeah, we, we've been here before. We've done that. Uh, 
I've invited them before. There's no need of doing that, but I'm going to tell you, every time I run into somebody I could talk to in the last few weeks, I'll be in saying, hey, come to church. Come on, you, you, you need to come to church. Come on. Yeah, I, I want you to come and be my visitor. Come on. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm carrying a bag around, and I'm asking people to come to church. <laughs> come on, Bishop. Why can't you believe you can be healed? I'll be healed when God says it's time. But until that, I'm going to carry the bag around, but I'm not going to lose my faith in him because I know he is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that I can ask or even think. Mercy, I'm feeling Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Had a little hollow back here in my office these last few days. Glory. I could just feel the Holy Ghost moving on me. Had to listen to something last night after I would got home and I, and, and I got all stirred up again. And I, somehow this morning, I want to stir you up. You didn't catch that. I said, I'm going to stir you up. In other words, I'm expecting some people to get off their seat this morning. I want to stir you up off of the seat. Come on. Brother Freddie, I remember the days when we didn't use pews. Come on. They were just sitting there in case somebody needed to sit down. We stood. Come on. We done it about like they did back in the, the temple. They stood. Come on. Can you imagine that? But I'm telling you, church, we need to get back in that place to where I can see God and he gives me strength and I don't want to sit down because I'm feeling something down in my feet that, oh, that makes me want to do something for him. Hallelujah. Oh. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah. May I remind you that Caleb took the land of the giants, the Anakims, if you please. You know why he was able to take it? If you just count back of the verses, our text that we read, he relates to the Lord in those verses between 6 and 12. Nine times he relates to the Lord. You know what? His focus was not on himself, but if the Lord be able, if the Lord do this, and if the Lord do that, you count it. There's nine times in the verse that he relates to the Lord. I'm going to tell you, we need to do a lot more relating to the Lord and not ourselves. Come on. I want to take your mind off of what I carry around and my weaknesses. And I want you to get your mind on the Heavenly Father that can even speak through this vessel of weakness and speak strength to somebody's heart and somebody's mind this morning. Glory. Hallelujah. If you came weak, I'm expecting you to go home strong. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His focus, hallelujah, was on the Lord of the land rather than the inhabitants. Come on. He had his mind on the Lord, not on the giants. Come on, there's too many times, oh, church, we look at it and say, that's a giant. There's no need going there. We'll get beat. No, you won't. The Lord already said, I'm going to give you that land. I'm going to go in before you. Why be afraid of the giants when the Lord has already taken the land? He's waiting on you to walk up and possess it. We need to possess Mount Carmel. I'm sorry. Uh, you and I have walked up and down it and... All of that enough. It's time just possess it. Be frank with you. I'm a little bit worried. I, I don't want us to wait too long because if we're not careful, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. Oh, hallelujah. He was ready to possess it. Somebody say yes. <laughs> Caleb in the Hebrew means forcible. I'm not going to take the side that one of those. They said there's two Hebrew words that kind of connect Caleb, and the one says dog. Man, dog. Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm just going to tear that up too, you know. Maybe a Hebrew meaning, but I'm going to tell you something. If he was a dog, he was a good dog because he followed God. <laughs> you know, 
dogs, you can train them to be obedient. They'll be obedient. Oh, Lord. And yet we won't let the Lord live. Come on, guide us. Come on. Your dog minds better sometimes than you do. Come on, church. We need to get this in our mind that, that I'm a servant. Come on. I got a servant spirit. When the Lord speaks, I must move. Come on. Hallelujah. I want to be an obedient servant. I want to be what God wants me to do. <laughs> Caleb followed him fully and wholly. Glory. He followed the Lord wholly. That means properly, completely, totally, exclusive, only. That's the only one he followed. He didn't follow. He didn't follow anybody else. He didn't pick up no other gods along the way. He only followed one God. Hallelujah. Judges 1 and 20 said, And they gave Hebron unto Caleb, as Moses said. And he expelled thence the three sons of Anak. I can almost, hallelujah. Sister Judy, I can almost think of, of Caleb and he's, he's looking this day now. He says, give me that mountain. Come on, 45 years ago I could have done this. And I'd have been a lot younger, but I'm as strong today as I was back then. But I can't wait to get started. I'm ready to drive the giants out. Because I don't see the giants. Come on. I see a land that's flowing with milk and honey. That's my possession. And I'm going to possess it. And the Bible said he exterminated the three key, the three giants that was left in that land. Come on, church. There may be some giants in this city. We need to expel them. Come on. We, oh, somebody better stay with me. We need not to just let them live among us. Come on. Oh, come on. We look at them as giants and we can never do this and we can never do that. Hogwash. That's all a lie of the devil. We can do whatever God said we can do. When he promises something, he will not turn back from his promises that he's promised us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want you to notice what was spoken to them in the beginning. In Deuteronomy 9, starting at verse 1. Hear, O Israel, thou art to pass over Jordan this day, to go to possess nations. Everybody said greater and mightier. Than thyself. Cities great and fenced up to heaven. A people great and tall, the children of the Anakims, whom thou knowest, and whom thou heard say, Who can stand before the children of Anak? Understand therefore this day that the Lord thy God is he which goeth before thee. Listen, as a consuming fire, he shall destroy them. He shall bring them down before thy face. Now listen, here is the whole thing hinges right here. So shalt thou drive them out and destroy them quickly. Key word, drive them out, destroy them Quickly, as the Lord has said unto thee. Somebody shout, drive them out. Somebody shout, destroy them quickly. I'm going to tell you what. It's not good when you save the enemy and talk to him for a while. The old enemy of your soul, he many times, he'll come in and he'll sit right down by you, Brother Pat. He say, "No sense, no sense of worrying about Daddy. It's it's never going to happen. No no sense you trying to receive the Holy Ghost. You're never going to do it. You've got this distinct problem that you'll never receive the Holy Ghost. He's a liar. When I repent and am baptized in Jesus' name, 
I've got the same promise that they had for the promised land. All I got to do is possess it. Come on. There is too many people that's sitting among us that have got promises. They're sitting down and talking to the enemy about it, and he's talked them out of their possession. And they're living among us, and we're letting it happen when we've got the power to drive them out. We've got the power to destroy them. You don't have to put up with the devil. You don't have to put up with his devices. You can drive them out. You can destroy them. God, God put a destroying spirit in the church that we can destroy the enemy. Glory. Focusing on the right thing. It's all about focusing on the right thing. Hallelujah. Glory. I don't know about you, but I'm going to claim the revival that's been promised me. Come on. I'm sorry. I don't care if it was said back in 2009 by uh, James Chesser and Luke St. Clair and Brother Harris and, and uh, everybody else had come through the doors and Come on, we've heard it again, even the past revival, what God's going to do. Amen. He didn't know nothing about all that before. Come on, church. Hallelujah. How many times do you have to rehearse it in our ears that God's going to do something in this church? It's time for us to get up off our posterior, say, I'm willing to do something. I'm going to do something about the job that the Lord's given me. I'm going to possess my land. I'm going to possess Mount Carmel. I'm going to possess... My family. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, drive them out. Somebody say, destroy them quickly. Glory. And here we are, 40 years later. And Caleb finally gets to take care of the vision they had 40 years ago. God, are you understanding? My Lord, people, I don't want to sit here. I don't want to travel through the wilderness another 40 years just waiting on my promise. Brother Terry, I don't know. I'm tired waiting. Come on. And if we're tired waiting, then we ought to do something about it. Come on, church. Somebody needs to get behind me this morning. I said, if we're tired waiting, we need to do something about our possession. We need to take our possession. Come on. We need to look at Mount Carmel and say, I don't care if it has got 38 churches in this city. We have got the truth, and we need to take this city with the truth. Come on. We need to see a revival in this city. We need to see a revival in this church. We need to get revived. Oh, Jesus. As I was in 1989, when I began to help this church in March, became pastor in 1990 of April, so am I now. As my strength was then, so is my strength now. Oh, well, you don't look like it. You're carrying a bag around. I may be carrying a bag around, but I'm carrying the same Jesus around too. And he's not changed. Come on. My health might have failed, but God has not changed a bit. And he's able to heal me even today while I'm ministering to you if he wants to. Come on. We've got power and authority over the enemy. So, well, haven't you claimed your healing? Yes, I have. I'm still waiting. And I don't know what it's going to take to receive that, Brother Jerry. Brother Mason's still waiting on his healing. He still has these spells, but I'm going to tell you, he, I've seen him stand up here and play when he could hardly even stand. 
Sister, come on. Sister Roberta have to lead him off the platform, but he's still praying. He's still worshiping God. Come on. In music, he's still singing. Come on, church. You know what it is? He's got a vision that's bigger than himself because he sees a church that needs what he's got. Come on. Hell, yeah. There's a church that needs music. There's a church that needs worship. Come on, church. We got to get behind this and take our possession. I got to possess it. Come on. Joshua says, I want you to march around Jericho seven times. The last, come on, on the last day, I want you to march around seven times. I wonder what would happen if they just stopped short. I wonder, I wonder what would happen, Brother McBroom, if, if on the last time around, they said, well, let's just get it ain't just happened yet. Nobody shouted yet. It ain't happened yet, so let's just keep on walking. They would have passed their possession by. They wouldn't have possessed their promise. Come on. It would not have happened. They had to fully follow the Lord. Come on. Obey him. Come on to the T. Church, a problem sometimes is we don't fully obey Saul said, I, I destroyed the Amalekites. I don't know where these came from. I obeyed the Lord. Right. Samuel, I went and done away with the Amalekites. They're, they're gone. He said, well, what's this sheep bleeding in my ears? What, what is this I hear? And, and what's this you're, you're, you, you got before me here, Agag? Right. What happened to him? Yeah. Come on, what happened to the king? Here we go. I've done everything, but we brought the best back. Come on. We brought, brought the best back sacrifices. Man, we looked these over and said, man, God wants these. No, he said destroy. Come on, church. If you leave the enemies in your camp before long, they won't just be the least in the camp. They'll overtake you. Come on. I'm saying we must possess what God's promised and do it quickly and forcibly. We got to do it now. We can't wait till next year. We need it this year. They're growing stronger and we're growing weaker the longer we wait. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Joshua 18 and 3. Here's the question now. And Joshua said to the children of Israel, How long are you slack to go possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers has given you? Come on now. Are you catching this? It's a land that's already been given. And we're sitting back, oh, I'd love to have it. It's, 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 it's a land that flows with milk and honey. But there's giants in there. They'll tear us up. Come on. They're going to rim wreck us. Come on. We won't be able to live. Our children is going to be brought up fatherless. Come on. Oh, you hypocrite. You need to take the, come on. You need to take the devil by the horns and say, I'm tired of you. Come on. We need to do like mama say, I hate him. I hate him. We need to stomp on the devil and tell him, I'm, I mean business. Move out of my way. I've taken my possession. Sister McGee. Tape I was listening to last night. That's why I didn't come to bed for a long time, because I was listening to something that's long. I ain't gonna tell you who was preaching. tell you something I heard a lot of names and voices uh, Brother Freddie I started hearing voices of Jamie Brother Butch I started hearing about Sarah come on I started hearing about our family members I started, I started hearing voices in the background that I recognized 
Brother Terry, I started hearing your sister. Glory. Hallelujah. Whew. Come on. Oh, that's what he's going to do for you, church. We, come on. Somehow we need to grasp the voices again. Glory. You know what? We allowed the enemy to come in, and he dwelt among us. And the first thing you know, he'd kind of overtaken some things. And we started losing ground instead of gaining ground. And these years later, we've never gained it all back yet. But I'm telling you what, I'm not discouraged because I know that we have a church. Come on. I know we got people that has got determined spirits because you know the reason I know is because I part of the time you could not hear the preacher because I heard you all. You know what? There was some there was some running and worshiping and shouting and speaking in tongues going on in that church when the message was going forth. Come on. I don't believe there was anybody sitting down. Oh, I heard familiar voices. Oh, where's them voices? They're here this morning. But where are they? Come on. We need to take our possession. Oh, glory. I heard the voices of people that are here this morning that I recognize. But there's some that I recognize that's not here. I'm going to tell you, if you want revival, you've got to focus on the right thing. You, you, can't, you can't focus on your little weakness. I'm, I'm going to tell you, if I focused on my weakness, I just wouldn't preach, Sister McGee. I mean, you think that, hey, this last year's been a blur to me. Sister McGee losing... Parents, you losing uncles, losing lose niece, heart surgery for me, nine days in the hospital, triple bypass, or I had diabetes to begin with. Come on, I could get so caught up in this bag, Brother Terry, that I could say, I better not get up here and preach because I'm my sugar's not getting low. And that medicine I'm on mask it until I almost fall over in the floor. Sometimes I don't recognize it. Hallelujah. I ate dinner the other day. Laid down, take me a little old nap. And the Lord woke me up. And I shucked myself a little bit. I went to the bathroom, washed my hands. By the time I come back, Sister McGee said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to check my sugar. I'm low. Pretty sure I am. Check my sugar and it's 40. I was feeling that. I don't normally, a lot of times I don't feel it, even at that. But I, I didn't feel it as long as I was laying down. But when I got up, I felt it. Come on, church. I'm talking about if I don't focus on God and I focus on that bag, the first thing I do is just sit down and say, okay, I'm not going to do it. But I'm telling you, the Lord has already directed me to do it. So I'm going to do it in the name of Jesus because God is bigger than the bag. I'm telling you, I've got it in the bag, but not that bag. I got something inside that said you go ahead and preach preach it hard preach it straight and I'll take care of you the truth is if you fall down pastor will pick it up and go on come on church we need to focus on the right thing God is bigger than your problem God is bigger than your sickness God is bigger than your family problem. My Lord, I'm feeling this. Shut up, Woo! Hallelujah. I 
want to remind you that several failed to drive out the enemy. In fact, more did than didn't. Now that's sad. Okay. Now, in fact, if you want, I, I'm not going to read it all, but I'm just going to tell you. If you want to read about it, you go to Judges first chapter and you read Judges. Judah failed. Benjamin failed. Manasseh failed. Ephraim failed. Zebulun failed. Naphtali failed. And Dan failed. Come on. Eight failed to drive the enemy out. And because of that, later on you see them finding giants again. If you read scripture almost in every instant, Brother Mason, they say the Canaanites is going to dwell among them because they couldn't completely run them out. They did not, they couldn't, they didn't, they wouldn't. Almost every place they went, there was Canaanites left that they didn't drive out completely. And I'm going to tell you, the Canaanites were determined that they were not leaving. They're, we're living in this land. And the Bible says that the Israelites became stronger and they put the Canaanites to, they put the Canaanites to tribute. But they did not utterly drive them out. I believe there's a message right there that I could stop and preach. That when God gives you the go-ahead and said there is a possession waiting you, you must possess it quickly. Because if you don't take it now, before long, they're going to grow stronger than you and take part of your land back. You better stay with me because I believe some in up through the years, some of that's what's happened, Brother Terry, that we've let up and the enemy has stole back part of the land that we took. We, we walked around it and we claimed it and we took it and we let up on it and they come and they took part of the... Come on, I'm telling you that the devil has stole some things from us that does not belong to him and I'm telling you, I'm fixing on taking back what the enemy has stole from me. I'm taking back my family in the name of Jesus. Satan, you're a liar. I'm taking back your family. Come on. I'm figuring on getting it back. I'm not going to let up until I do. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mercy, I'm feeling it. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, they, they turned to Canaanites into tributaries. They were more or less slaves. I'm going to tell you what. Slaves, after a while, can change your thinking. They'll influence you. Come on, Master. I've done everything you asked me to do. Come on. I'm a good slave. Come on, let up a little bit. I want to make a God over here. Come on, I want, I want to set up. We don't believe just like you do, so I want to set up one over here so we can worship. You must not allow it. Bible said don't make no leagues with them. Come on. No, no, no league with them. Don't you agree upon anything. Don't you worship their gods. In fact, you tear them down and destroy them. Come on, church. There's God's worship in this city that's not right. We need to tear them down. Come on. Come on, spiritually speaking, we need to tear them down. We need to pray until the answer comes. You know what I pray all the time? Lord, you know the pieces that get written in the paper all the time? There's two full pages. 
And I start reading that. It makes me sick of my stomach. I thought, spirit air, spirit air, spirit air. Let me tell you, if it's not truth, it's air. Yet we're living in a world today, well, bless God. Brother Mason, I'm glad they're going to church. I'm going to tell you something. If it don't represent all truth, then it's false truth. And false truth is nothing but a lie of the devil. Come on, don't add to the word. Don't take away from the word. Preach it like it says. Don't leave out verses just for your sake. Come on, because you don't know how to explain it away. Because there is no explaining away of the real word of God. Church, we need to take control in this city. We need to take tr truth. Come on, come on. We need to take it farther than this city. Out into this county. I heard something as I listened to, to that message last night. I heard something being said. And I began to think, Pastor, you were there. Some man, hallelujah. Brother Jeremy Penrod was there. You remember we used to, we took all those little plastic bottles that films come in. And we started praying over cloths and we put them in a bottle. And we went and dug at the corners of our property and we put those anointed cloths. We, we even took the church van and we took off and went to the far reaches of the county and where the county entered another county and we put them, we buried them there. We put some miles down and we prayed about them oh, out away from us for just a mile and a half or so. There was a witch. Yes, sir, I'm talking a real witch. You don't think her around here? I'm going to tell you there's witchcraft spirits in this city. Come on. It's the familiar spirit, if you please, that Saul sought after when God left him. Come on. Guess what? Just down on each side of that house, we buried one of them anointed cloths. And I can't tell you how long it was. I don't, but I'm going to tell you it wasn't real long to the first thing you know, that thing burnt to the ground. She moved out. You got to destroy him, church. Pray until the answer comes. She didn't get burned up, but I'm telling you, her house didn't. She moved. We had another down the road from us a mile or so. There was a trailer. They sacrificed cats. There was. I mean, I don't, you, you couldn't count them. There's cats every place you look around that trailer. We put some on each side of it. Guess what? That thing went too. I'm telling you, God is bigger than your adversary. And we sit here and say, what can I do? I'm going to tell you what you can do. Possess the land that God has given you. Don't back up from the devil. Claim what's yours. No, this may not be preaching you like. It's just too bad. I'm going to preach truth. Glory. Hallelujah. I got to hurry up. I'm okay. The devil was determined to dwell in your land, and he wants to influence you. He wants to stay right where he's at. Bob says the. Canaanites become a snare to the Israelites. They began to take on their ways. They began to take on their gods, worshiping them instead of the one true God. Now, I'm, 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 I'm going to tell you something. You can live next door to the devil and expect to live a Christian life, but I'm going to tell you it's never going to happen. You've got to drive him out. If you've got somebody next door to you that all you hear, come on. Is their wicked ways and what they're doing? You need to pray until God says, I'll just take them out of here. I'll make a move. Come on. Oh, the boy's getting quiet in here. Man, where'd your victory go? Too many of you sitting back here now and saying, Oh, that's a giant. No, it's not. Come on, we can take the giants. It don't matter what size they are. God, don't look at the size of them. He said, You can take them. Possess it. If we don't destroy the enemy, he's going to destroy us. Amen? Amen? The Lord already told the Israelites, don't make a league with them. Don't compromise the teachings I've taught you. Don't make deals. 
Don't give your daughters to them to marry. Don't take daughters from them. Don't intermarry. You need not to. Come on. There is a lot of people today that's got messed up and all that. Oh, yeah, it's quiet. That's all right. I've, I've learned how to preach in quietness, too. Thank you, Jesus. I think I could preach to Baptist if I'd have a chance. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Help us, Lord. Church, you know what happens when you begin to compromise the world? You start losing ground. The devil starts taking your territory. The very thing that God gave them, he started taking back because they allowed them to be among them. I'm, 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 I, this isn't in my notes. I'm just going to throw it in just for good measure. But if you remember, when the children of Israel left Egypt and God was bringing them out, do you remember that there was people that followed them that were not? There was a mixed multitude. And you check through the word of God. Every time there was a problem, it was always the mixed multitude that caused it. Somebody was bending and trying to take authority. Come on. If you give the devil a chance to build a city, he's going to stay there and else we tear it down. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. We're living in a city today that don't mind us being here as long as we don't try to change anything. As long as life goes on as usual. Come on. But I'm here to tell you, we cannot afford to let Mount Carmel be Mount Carmel. said we cannot afford to let Mount Carmel be Mount Carmel as need as usual we need to drive the devil out of this city and we need to possess our promise I want you to know the devil has been an inhabitant of this city long enough come on everybody's just sat back and relaxed and if we're not careful that's what we do is sit back and relax and we just accept the conditions. I'm not willing to accept the conditions. You know why? Because there's still 40% in this, in, this, in this city that's never darkened a church door on Sunday. Come on, church. It's the greatest opportunity for us. We need to get after those that don't even have a church. If we just get them, we can fill up our church. Come on. Hallelujah. That's 2,900 people, Brother Terry. I think you and your son figured it up one night. It's 2,900 people that are unchurched in this city. And here we are sitting here on our duff saying there's nobody to invite. Come on. There's all kinds of people that we need to get in contact on the outside of this church and invite them to church. Glory. God, give us the possession. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm going to tell you, this city don't need another program. We've got enough programs in all these churches to drown the city. You know what a program is? I'm going to tell you what a program is. A program is a prepackaged deal that has worked for somebody somewhere. We don't need a prepackaged deal. Hallelujah. What we need in this city is a good old-fashioned revival where people cannot attend without repenting, receiving the Holy Ghost, and being baptized in Jesus' name. Come on. We need people to go out in this place different than they came in. We need people to be healed right in the midst of this church that are bound with things before but when they come in this door they begin to be loosened by the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost a revival where the pews are used little and the prayer room and the altar are used much let there be an overflowing of our prayer rooms because, oh yeah I'm going to say it if we can get our prayer rooms, Brother Terry, to overflow, the pretty soon our Sunday school classes will be overflowing and the pews will be overflowing if we'll overflow our prayer room. Hallelujah. We can take the giants of this city when we get 
quit focusing on our weakness and start focusing on the Lord of our strength. I'm trying to come to close. Let me read to you what happened. Judges 2. I want to read verse 7 and verse 10. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. Now drop down to verse 10. And also all the generations were gathered unto their fathers and there arose another generation after them which knew not God nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. God, let that not happen in this church. Let him remember services like I heard last night where people were worshiping just as much in the preaching as they were the singing. Nothing's changed. The word is still being preached like always. Our pastor never gets behind that sacred desk when he's, in, he's always anointed. Anointed. We are blessed. We hear anointed preaching every time we come into the sanctuary. Yet, come on, I'm going to go back to Brother Glassbell, but we've come numb to the preaching of the word. We're not moved by the message anymore. Yet, in last night when I was listening to that tape, people were being moved in the message just like they were. Come on, in the singing when it was going forth. Brother Mason, you all was singing your heart out, and people were responding to the worship. But I'm going to tell you, when the minister got up, I'm going to tell you, there was still worshiping going on. There was people speaking in tongues and, and magnifying God. Come on. I guarantee you there wasn't anybody on the seat. You know why? Because we was taking our possession. Come on. We were not going to back off. Come on. We were going to, yeah. You know what? We come to church now and we sit on our pew and we say, I'm too tired to worship. I'm too tired to do anything. I'm going to tell you, we wouldn't even come to church if it was because of tiredness. Because the truth is, we're in so big a hurry today that everybody's wore out. But somehow, I got to get a hold of something, Brother Mason, that's bigger than my tiredness. Bigger than my sickness. Bigger than my disease. Come on. Somehow, i got to get a hold and focus on Jesus because he's bigger than all of it. Somebody shout amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A generation come up after them. Didn't know his works. Never heard about it. Stories weren't told him. It wasn't passed down. I worry, church. God, let's keep this thing going that we don't have to pass it down through a book or something. We don't have to go back through the archives and see what happened. Come on. Yeah, I've got some of them. I've, I've got some things written down and things that happened. And, 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 I, and I heard it in that, and I thought, boy, let's just do that. I, I don't even know when that was. I don't even, I don't even know when that was. I didn't even look at the date on it. But I found, I, I heard in there that there was 10 baptized. We just got through baptizing. Just had. Come on, church. Come on. Let's possess it. Let's do it quickly. We can't afford to wait. Don't sit around and wait for it to happen. You've got to do something to make it happen. You know what we need? Another Pentecost. Because at Pentecost, there was none of them uninterested. There was none that was unconcerned. There was none that was lukewarm. Come on. We need a refilling. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you what being filled means? 
It means all faculties are pervaded by it, engaged in it, and under the influence of it. That's what we need in our day. Come on. We need to be pervaded, ate up with it, engaged in it. Come on. Under the influence of it all the time. Not just part of the time. We need to be under the influence of the Holy Ghost. When we walk out these doors and walk down these streets, when we go to our jobs, we need to be influenced by the Holy Ghost. Brother Mason, would you come? Church, we need to focus on the right thing. I don't know about you, but I want to possess the promise. Terry, I'm not only ready to see my family, and I'm not, and I'm not talking about nieces, I'm not only ready to see my two daughters and my grandkids in here, but I'm ready to see all your children come. Brother Freddie, I began, the Lord really quickened my mind when I started hearing voices. And I began to think after mom had died, even before there was, I, I remember your sister, Kim, sitting on the second or third pew on the right side at the first church. And I remember God moving on her and tears rolling down her face and her hands going up and she's worshiping God. I don't remember where she received the Holy Ghost or not, but I'm going to tell you, she was touched plenty of times. And I got to thinking about that. And I thought, all of my kids and grandkids were in church. All your family... Terry, Brother Freddie, was in church. Because I heard the voices. What's it going to take to get them back? I'm going to tell you what it's going to take. We've been sitting around long enough. It's time to possess it. But before we can possess our family, we're going to have to possess the prayer will. None of it comes without prayer. Somebody was interviewing Brother Jeff Arnold several years ago. Asked him how long he prayed. He said, about three hours a day. And that's give or take. Jesus I'm going to tell you it's going to take more than a five or ten minute prayer I find myself brother Terry walking around I find myself praying through the day sometimes even at home sister McGee said what do you say so I'm just thanking Jesus I'm just I'm just giving God glory and she's, I've done, I've seen, she's, she's done the same thing. I've heard. I said, well, who are you talking to? I'm just talking to the Lord, dear. Come on. We need to talk to him. And Sister Cox, I some of your family in here, but there's still a son I'm still worth praying about. I'm still claiming Janie back here. Pray for that girl all the time. I'm praying for your family. Oh, Jesus. You know what? There's some families that sit in here. There's some people that need the Holy Ghost. And one thing I want you to do, I want you to pray for them to be filled. This altar is open this morning.
your focus hadn't been right lately. This altar is open. Sister Dixie, I'm not giving up on Mike. I'm praying for him. I'm praying one day that he's going to walk through that door with you. God can fill Mike with the Holy Ghost and make a complete different person out of him. He can be the best daddy and the best husband in the world. And that's not saying he's not a good one now. I'm just saying that God can make him anew. The truth is, when I look at some of you, and it's just amazing what God has done. You're amazing what God has done. He wants to move in your life. He wants to change things. Will you allow him to this morning? Thank you, Brother Mason. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.